0: That's uh, the biggest thing I know. That's the book of 2 Samuel chapter 21. If you look at verse number 8, I believe. And if you would and you could, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I've had a good week myself. The Lord's been good. I've had plenty of liberty. And I thank him for it. And so I appreciate that. That's good singing. And uh, I'm glad I'm here. So look at verse number 8. But the king took two sons of Rizba, daughter of Ai, whom she bare unto Saul, Ammoni, Mephiloshef, and the five sons of Michael, the daughter of Saul, whom she brought up for Adrilla, the son of Barzilla, the Moholanite, and he delivered them into the hands of the Gibbonites. And they hanged them in the hill. Now this is seven sons, seven sons of Saul, and I'll I'll explain when I get into it. But this is what the Lord put on my heart, and I'm thinking to help us. He just I'm gonna read back the nine, and and He delivered them into the hands of the Gibeonites, and they hanged them in the hill before the Lord and they fell all seven together and they were put to death in the days of the harvest in the first days in the beginning of barley harvest and Rizba the daughter of Ai took sackcloth now you know that's, that's what they use for mourning and she, she took this sackcloth and she made a tin out of it and she put it on a rock right underneath where the seven gallows was. Two of her sons was dead, and they was hanging. And five sons were grandsons of Saul. I'm going to try to go on. And they spread it upon, uh, watch what it said, and spread it for her upon the rock from the beginning of harvest until the water dropped upon them out of heaven and suffered, now watch this, and suffered neither the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beasts of the field by night. And it was told David what Rizba, the daughter of Ai, the concubine of Saul, had done. Now if I'm going to title this, this is what I'm going to say. There's just some things the devil can't have are just some things the devil can't have. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the wonderful atmosphere and the testimonies and the good job the choir done. And what a wonderful atmosphere, God, you've given us, Lord, to worship in here tonight. And, Lord, we, we have come this way just to worship and just about Jesus. And, Lord, we know that you're still in the saving business And we know, Lord, there's still hope. And a blessed hope. I appreciate you, Lord. Can't do nothing without you. I know it. I know it takes the anointing. And I know, Lord, you, I know you anoint me. You always do. And and I'm just, I don't understand everything. I I make mistakes. But I know you love me. And I know it takes, I know it all depends on you. I don't know nobody's heart. Nobody told me nothing. I just Come with what you give me. And I'm just going to deliver it by the grace of God and I'll, I'll, I'll let you just do whatever you're going to do. And I don't know, Lord, anything but just to follow you. And I'd ask God you'd anoint me and help me. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, you'll have to go to the book of Joshua, chapter 9. And he's come across the Jordan River. And he's at a place called Gilgal. And Gilgal was the place where God rode the reproach of uh, Egypt off of Israel. And uh, Gilgal means a new beginning. That's what it means. And the Bible teaches me that unless you get a new beginning, you'll never make heaven your home. That's right. Therefore, if any man be, hey, it takes a new beginning. That's right. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. That's my favorite verse in the whole Bible. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. they uh, moved. I'm, I'm gonna say this. You remember when Elijah uh, told Elisha, he said, you tarry, they were at Gilgal. I think it's 2 Kings uh, chapter 2, I think. But anyhow, he said, You tarry here. wasted well, he said, as the Lord liveth. And my soul, listen, I'm come with you. And they left Gilgal. That's the new beginning. And uh, they went up to Bethel. Now, Bethel is the house of God. Now, when you get your new beginning, the next place you need to go is the house of God. That's right. That's where you'll learn the word of God. That's where you'll have fellowship with God's people. That's where you'll get strength. That's where people love you and pray with you and help you when you need help. I like that. And then after you go to Bethel, you go to Jericho. Now that's a place of battle. And if you don't go to Bethel, when you get to Jericho, you're in bad trouble. But if you'll stay at Bethel when you get to Jericho, you can win the fight. Because greater seed that's in you than he that's in the world. And then after you Jericho, you can cross Jordan. One day, thank God, I'm going to cross over the river Jordan. One day, thank God, I'm going up. Well, glory to God. Now, anyhow, here's the story. Joshua's come across and uh, the Bible says these Gibeonites, now, they only live 25 miles away. That's all. And uh, they were like Rahab the harlot in Jericho. Remember what she did? They sent in the two spies. They stayed at Rahab the harlot's house. She went up on the roof. Listen to what she said. She said, we heard about your God. said, we heard about the Red Sea. Let me tell you about the Red Sea. I got to hurry because I want to go back to Risba. It's as big as the state of California. It's fourteen hundred miles long, and some of the depth in it is nine thousand feet. Now I'm telling you, it's. Da- I looked in the hundred fourteen Psalm. Listen to what it said: What did the sea see when the sea saw? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. You look at the seventy seventh. Psalm, and it says this. The sea saw thee, O God. The Red Sea saw God. And when the Red Sea saw God, the Bible said the sea was afraid. And the sea began to back up. Brother, listen to me. I'm telling you, we crossed over on dry shot. And hey, listen to me. A lot of them preachers, They try to go down to the bottom of that 1,400 miles and get us across this little swamp called the Reed Sea. Let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says the foot of God's people went through the deep water. Brother, we went through the deepest part of the Red Sea there was. And we went through dry shod. They should have been 12 feet of sludge, but it was dry. I'm telling you, brother, and Rahab, Rahab the harlot, she heard about it. She said, I heard about your God. Now listen, watch this. She didn't say, I heard how good your soldiers was. She didn't say, I heard how good your bow was shots was. She said I didn't hear how many there was. How strong the captains was. How good they could fight right handed and left. She didn't. She said, she said we heard about your God. Brother listen. God makes the difference. God never said if I had a few more men I'd take that hill. I'm telling you brother God can take it with little or God can take it with much. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. I say glory to God. Brother, listen, my God is an overcomer. My God, he, my God don't have to seek anyone's help. That's right. And so she came to those spies and she said, we hear about your, you see, God makes the difference. He makes the difference. He is the difference. Matter of fact, he's all you need. Hey, the Bible said in Mark's Gospel 2, it says that Jesus entered into Capernaum and uh, it was noise. He's in a certain house. Now listen to me. That's all you need is God in the house. That's it. You don't need no one else. All you need is God. Listen to me. You don't need nothing for revival but God. That's all you need is God. God can get it done. And when God's in the house, He's all you gotta have. But you gotta have God. Now, real quick. So Rahab, the harlot, she said, we hear and we believe that your God is God of heaven above and God of the earth beneath. And she said, every man's heart Uh, Is full of fear. Well, these Gibbonites, they were 25 miles away. And so they come down to Gilgal, right where we're at the first beginning. Now, they heard about the Red Sea. But they said to Joshua, we come from a far country. They didn't say nothing about uh, what happened at Ai, what happened at... uh, Jericho how the walls fell down they knew it all but they was only 25 miles away but they made their bread moldy old bread they come in with their asses and it was all dirty and dusty they had rags they put their shoes and held them together with rags they had old clothes on they said when we left the house our bread was warm they had no wine, they had nothing. They wrote in there and they said, we heard about your God over on the other side, over on the Red Sea. Never said anything about what happened. Now here's what happened. They said, we want to be your servants. Now God told Joshua to go over into Canaan land and wipe them Canaanites out. That's what God said. But what Joshua didn't do, it's when these Amorites, uh, when they came to him, were Gibbonites, when they came to Joshua, he didn't seek God. He didn't do it. Now listen to me. Well, if you're not careful, you'll do some things in life that don't seem too much, and you'll just go ahead and do them. Seem like the right thing to do. Now, I'm not saying you can't get by with that. I've done it, but it's not a good policy. That's when I trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. And He's, listen, you're far better off going with God. That's right. Go with God. He knows. He knows the way you're going to travel. He knows when you get to a crossroad, He knows which way to go. When you're in college and you've got to make decisions, He knows the right way. You just gotta see God. Now, here's what happened. Joshua didn't seek God. These Gibbonites only come 25 miles. Well, Lord, they found it out a couple days later, but it's too late. They made a covenant with them. And these Gibeonites said, we want to be hooers of wood and drawers of water. And we want to work uh, for you and be your servants the rest of our life. And Joshua said, that's good. We'll make a covenant with you. And then when they found out, they lied. They lied, just bare-faced lied. God made them honor the covenant. That's right. God said, "We give you made the covenant, Joshua. And God's man's going to honor it. God said, we're going to honor it. And that's what they did. I said, all that, say, well, I, 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 I thought of something. I, I thought of uh, Glenn, Glenn Broughton. He's a great evangelist over in Europe, lived in the United States, up in Pennsylvania. He got saved when he was young. He lived on a riverboat, and he went to this pretty fancy church, and he's sitting there. Now, I'm going to just tell you what the story said. I read it. It's true. They said, all oh, the women in the church. Now, I don't know. Maybe a man wrote it. I don't know. But they said, what's that river rat doing in here? Said, he ought not be in here. I said, I can't even believe he'd come in here. He ain't got no business in here. And no, uh, Glenn Broughton, he sat there for a little bit, and a little bit he goes up at the altar call gets down. And the preacher gets down and said, what is it, son? He said, I want to know more about Jesus, the one you're talking about. And he led old Glenn Broaden to the Lord. And, but nobody would shake his hand. Nobody talk to him. And he went outside and hid under the bushes. And the story said, when the ladies of the church left, like I said, I can't help it. The ladies of the church said, can you believe that old river rat took up our preacher's time. Can you believe that? Can you believe that he had the gall to come in? I mean, it just broke his heart. And he was a river rat. I mean, he lived on the river and they were poor. And Glenn, he went home. His heart was broken. And the next day, another church, the mother and a daughter heard about what happened to Glenn. And they come down to the riverboat. And they said, oh, Glenn, we heard about last night. We heard about how you give your heart to God. And said, we are so thrilled, Glenn. And we wanted to come down and pray with you this morning. We wanted to come down and fellowship with you. And we wanted to make a covenant with you. Until the Lord comes back and takes one of us. Said, we're going to pray for you every day. Every day, Glenn. And Glenn said, well, I'll pray for you. And they made a covenant together. Now years later, I mean, I don't know, 40, maybe 40 years, 30, I don't know. But Glenn said he was in England, and he was preaching in a big church, and he was preaching on the blood covenant. And he said he looked up in the balcony, and he saw that old woman, and the daughter, she was gotten old. And he looked up there at him, and he began to weep, and he held his hand up and said, The covenant is still good. Well, glory. God made a covenant with us. He made a blood covenant with us. He said, behold, when I see the blood, I won't pass over you. I say glory or I'll pass over you. I'm glad for the covenant. I'm glad the covenant is still good. Amen, I'll get off that. Here's the story. Saul. He's the, now, these Gibbonites, God made a covenant with them. Joshua made it, and God stayed with it. And they were, they were hewers of wood and drawers of water. Now, Saul, the very one that when God said to wipe out them Amalekites, he wouldn't do it. And Samuel went to him. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. You remember and he lost the kingdom over it. But Saul, the man that wouldn't honor God when God said them Amalekites, I, I preached about it last night. they the very first ones that attacked us when we come across the Red Sea. Now listen to this. Saul fell in on these Gibbonites and we had a covenant with them and he was bloodless. I mean, he's killing Killing them off. And I mean killing them off bad. Now David, he takes the kingship. You know, he was anointed king. And what happened was there was a famine three years in a row. Three years. David knew it wasn't natural. And David seeked God. And David said, What is wrong with these with these famines? And God said, to David. He said it's the Gibbonites. It's Saul. He moved and killed the Gibbonites. And he said he transgressed the covenant. And he transgressed God's covenant. And he said they got to be an atonement uh, for these Gibbonites. So they went to the Gibbonites and they said what do you want for what Saul's done? They said we don't want silver. And we don't want gold. We want the seven sons of Saul. And we want them hung by the neck. Now, this I read that in your hearing. We want them hung by the neck on the hill right down from the palace of Gibeah. where Saul had a palace. Now Rizbah was one of Saul's concubines. And Rizbah had two sons. Two sons. Now she's about 60 years old and they took the her two sons and the five sons of Michael who was Saul's daughter, grandsons and they hung all seven and now listen to me they hung all seven by the neck and Rizba her two boys was there and five grandsons of Saul and she got a sackcloth and placed it on the rock No, not a rock, the rock. Now, brother, that represented Christ because he's the rock. And I thought to myself, she got in that tent and she made up her mind. She said, look here. She said, there are some things she couldn't control what happened. All seven sons had to die. But she made up her mind that she wasn't going to let the devil have everything. She said there's some things the devil just can't have. And she made up her mind that the birds by day wasn't going to rest on her boys. Nor the beasts of the field by night. Now most of the time that a body had to come off uh, the tree the first day. But not this time. No, God set it up. To where they would be there until the end of the harvest. Now, it was the beginning of the harvest. And it had to go all the way to four months. Four months. Risba, this woman, she got on this rock. And she made up her mind. Now, let me do this. Because I said that more than once. I made up my mind. But it takes more than that. Therefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Now, brother, making your mind up ain't enough. No, you've got you to gotta know you're weak, but you've got to know he's strong. That's right. There have no ten takes taking you but such as common to man, but God is faithful. Now, we ain't faithful. That's just the bottom line on it. But God's faithful. God's always there. And, brother, in God, in the Lord, I can make up my mind by the grace of God that the devil ain't going to get everything. There's some things in my life the devil don't get. Now once you see this, this Rizba, she's a woman and she's been there four months and she's by herself. No one relieves her when the rooster crows in the morning. Nobody comes at midnight to relieve her she's up. And brother, she's chasing the birds away. When them when them buzzards come in to to rip the flesh off her boys, she's chasing them away. And at night, in in nighttime, when the hyenas and the wolves and the jackals come, the Bible says that Rizba, she chased them off with shrills. Brother, listen to me. She was like a man at an outpost I'm telling you she made up her mind by the grace of God that there's only a certain thing that did de- now she couldn't help what was back out of way but she made up her mind what's up this way there's some things the devil can't have and I thought to myself I'm telling you there's some things in my life the devil don't get that's right now, God saved me, and I'm saved by His grace, and I'm thankful for it. But I listen to me. The devil don't get my family. What are you saying? I, well, I got two boys out now, and we raised them right, and we raised them in church. And uh, But I'm simply saying, you know what? What do you mean, preacher? Well, here's what I mean. You remember Paul and Silas? You remember the flipping jailer? You remember when he said, what must I do to be saved? They said, believest thou on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That's right. Talking about his family. You remember when Jesus was in a house, and it was noise, and there was no room, and they brought this man in a bed, and he had the palsy. He couldn't walk. They brought him all the way down. They said, we're going to take you down. And said, but you get to walk back. And when he got down there, there was no room to get in. And the Bible said, they went up on the roof. And they chopped up the roof. And they lowered him down. And the Bible said, when Jesus saw their faith. Talking about them four boys. Now, I don't no, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. Now I know it's impossible to please God without faith. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is there. But I'm telling you, God saved that boy. God said, son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And he said, pick up your bed and walk. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying the faith, my faith that I put in God, the devil don't get I'm telling you, listen. I'm telling you the things that God gave me. Behold, what manner of love, behold, what manner of love is this? That he, let me, let me try it again. Behold. That's it. Behold, what manner of love hath our Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And the world knoweth us not, because it kneweth him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now. I don't have to wait until I make heaven my home. I'm already a child of the king. That's right. And we shall see him. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Listen to me. My name's already written down in the land's book of life. I'm already a child of the king. Listen to me. I'm telling you, the devil can't have that. The devil can't have my faith. The devil can't have my family. He don't get, now listen, he don't, uh, now I'm going to show you real quick. If that young lady had sang, if that was the day I was born, that's March 26, 1949. And if this boy here is this date right now, I'm 73 and six months. Now you know three score and ten 70, You know that. Now I don't know how much longer I'm going to live and I don't even think about it. But I thought to myself, if from over there to over here is my life, then I'm thinking about maybe going on to about 90. I kind of like 90. And so uh, if over there to there is 73, then I'm going to say about here is 90. Now that's all, that's, I mean, I'm smart enough to know I ain't got a whole lot left. But I'm going to tell you this. What I got left, he can't have. He don't get it. He don't get what I got left. I know there's a great falling away. I know people's turning back. I realize that. I read it in the book. But I'm telling you, he don't get that. I'm not giving him that. I'm not giving him my family. I'm not giving me that grace that God, I'm not giving me. I'm not given the there's some things the devil don't get. He don't get me. He don't get my fellowship. He don't get my holiness. He don't get it. I'm going to worship God until I die. And I've made my mind up in him that the devil can't have what God give me. Uh, now listen to me. I'm telling you and I don't want to Here's, here's what God gave me. and Just let me tell you this. I got a buddy named Billy Fields. He's a preacher, songwriter, singer. Want the best. He lives up in Indiana. And anyhow, he said, I was down in Kentucky preaching now. And said, before this service, I, he said, a real elderly lady got up. He said, they hit me from both sides. And said, wait till you hear her testify said she's hooked up and so he said I sit there and she got up she said my husband died we got a farm and my husband died and, and really never left me no money and said I've got a b- bunch of kids and said I told God said I'm going to depend on you I'm just going to trust you and, and I'm not going to ask for no assistance uh, Now I'm not throwing off I'm telling you the story and she said, uh, "Might not have been no assistance anyhow back in." But she said, uh, and said, I, "When I ask God for something, I'm just going to ask for the barely I need." And she said, "One time I needed 10 cents to pay the mortgage for that month." And said, "I just got on my face and I called on God." and said, a little bit later, "Here comes this old farmer, red clay all over him and he come up and knocked on the porch and I opened the door and he said, here, here's a dime. He said, I guess you know more about than I do. I've been trying to plow all day and God won't leave me alone. Said, bring you a dime. And said, I got my dime. And said, few years went by and I went to the grocery store, my kids was hungry. And I said, now what am I gonna do? Said, "Uh, Lord, Am I gonna buy milk or am I gonna buy eggs? I ain't got enough for both. And she gets to the store and she buys milk and she goes back and measures the milk out and she goes out and sits on the porch and she said, now Lord, you know my young'uns need some eggs. And said, she sit there for a little bit and she seen two ducks coming down the road and she said, them two ducks come underneath her wooden fence went over to the side of the house and they started laying eggs. Now listen to me. They told me one time, they said, you know ducks don't lay but one egg a day. Not these ducks. (laughs) That's right. Brother, God sent these ducks. Now, someone said, now, you surely don't believe that. Yeah, I believe it. Hey, my God's done that for me and much more. I'm telling you, brother, listen. The devil can't have the fellowship that I got with God. The devil don't get my time with God. The devil don't get my holiness. The devil don't get my service. Only God gets my service. That's right. Now, he don't get my time neither. God said, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are pure? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I'm not gonna spend my time thinking about him. The only body I'm going to think about is him. Amen. And I'm telling you, there's some things the devil can't have. Now, you've got to make up your mind in your life that there's some things you can't have. You say, son, you don't know how bad my boys are. Are you kidding? You ain't got the time for me to tell you how bad mine are. what do you think, preacher? I think if I keep praying and I, I'm going I ain't gonna let the devil have me. You mean you think you can do something about it? Yeah. Yeah, I, Lord, I'd go to pieces if I didn't think I, yeah. Well, they, you, they're on drugs. Well, God can straighten you out. God can change you. God can make you a new creature. I don't care who you are, God can, hey. There's some things in this life the devil don't get. He don't get my love for the brother. He don't get my love for preaching. He don't. I'm gonna quit preaching. Listen to this. The Bible said, and I don't mean quit forever. I mean just for tonight. She stayed four months. This one woman. She stayed four months. Now listen to me. She's underneath seven corpses. When the wind blows, you can hear the ropes tighten and creaking. You can smell. Four months, you can smell them. And she could. And nobody is helping her. And I thought, Jesus said, "Watch. This one old boy, he got saved, and he's full of fire. And so, I mean, you could just tell God was on him. And so they said, We're going to let you go uh, visitation on Thursday night. And said, uh, One of the women had the meanest husband in the country. And said, We'll send two of them big deacons and take that young boy with you. And so, so they went, took that young boy with them, and said, uh, and said uh, He was kind of fair. But he's a pretty mean guy, and it was a short visit. And so they asked if it'd be all right to pray, and they said, yeah, and all three of them jumped down there and prayed. And when they was leaving, that young boy said, "Uh, you all shut both your eyes. We said, yeah, we are praying. It ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says, watch and pray. (laughs) He said, I had one eye open, one eye shut. That's right. And I thought to myself, I said, "Lord, what have I got to watch?" He said, "Watch your walk, Al." That's right. The devil don't get my walk. That's right. W A T C H I think is watch. Watch your walk. All right. If we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have, I'm walking in the light. That's right. That word A. Hey, what's that mean? Well, when I was young, it meant watch your action. But when you get old, it means watch your attitude? You'll get that later when you get home. But anyhow, I got to be careful about my attitude. I mean, I preached all week. I could get a little grumpy. And my wife, she should be smiling. We love each other to death. And, and I ain't grumpy. And she ain't going to look. Matter of fact, we ain't fought. That's all we did was fight. for the first 10 years, because we was both on drugs and She's mean as me. Don't let her fool you, boys. That's right. But anyhow, we've been saved 43 years and 10 months, and I don't reckon we've fought 43 years and 10 months. Now, if you think you can beat that, just go right ahead with it. I'm saying this. The devil don't get. He don't get what I got. So watch your walk. All right? Watch your action, your attitude. How about watch what you think? Yeah, I I, I done preached that verse. How about see what's the crowd you're running with? He didn't get me with it. I'm not going to do it. Now, I'm not going to be mean to nobody, but if you ain't got it, I ain't running with you. Now, my doctor told me, I said, man, I'm gaining weight. He said, that's all right. He said, just run with fatter people. <laughs> I said, You get any fatter, you can't run. I said, and I'm getting old. Well, he said, that's no big deal. Run with older men. Run with 80-year-old, you'll be the young boy. I said, "Uh, you're thinking ain't quite good. But watch the crowd. How about age? How about watch your heart? you got to watch your heart. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Forgiving one another, even as God has forgiven us for Christ. I'm going to quit preaching for Christ's sake. I'm just simply saying, David, he knew that Rizba, she stayed four months, four months she watched. And I thought, now my watch for my boys, I mean, I'm watching the Calvary, and I understand what Calvary was, but there is an empty tomb. And I mean, I understand in part what how he, what he paid for me. I mean, it's bad, but I understand but I know he he raised the third day. But my watch ain't like Rizba's watch. I mean, I got a whole lot better watch. I got a whole lot better hope because I'm dealing with God. But I think I'm done. But here's what I preach. I know you know, but I'm done. Here's what I preach. There's just some things the devil can't have. He don't get my faithfulness in the church I go to i 've been going there 43 years i 've been there a pastor 36, and the only reason i wasn 't there other five or six I was over here at another church, learning how to pastor this bunch the there I mean 's a meaner bunch. <laughs> I think i 'm done. So I don't know what we're going to do from here, but sister, whatever we're going to do, you come and help me do it. Here's what I'm preaching. Risba. I mean, she just raises up off the pages. I mean, you think about it. I mean, brother, she fought the birds and the fowls of the air by day, and by night she didn't get no rest when them bears and jackals come. She run every one of them off. She was determined that nobody was going to gnaw on her sons until she got them in the ground. And that's exactly what happened. The Bible said, after the harvest, which was four or five months, God sent rain. That was the atonement. That, that, was, that meant that the Gibbonites they got what God said He would give them, and the covenant was back. So I'm done preaching. And what I preach to you is this. There's some things the devil can't have. And you were to feel the same way in your life. Now, if you're here and you're lost without God, the devil's got your soul. And what you need is get down here and get that covenant that I talked about, the blood covenant. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you as we stand.